Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Amen. Isn't God good? I want to ask you to open your Bibles up. I'm, I'm going to preach uh, uh, an abbreviated message this morning, but I, I wanted to get those testimonies out because, you know, in ancient Hebrew, whenever you hear or see of a miracle in somebody else's life, what does that mean? It means you're next. And boy, grab a hold of that because when, when it looks like it's impossible, all three of these things were in the natural impossible but with God, nothing is impossible. And, and it's our Father's good pleasure to bring you the kingdom and bless you. We've been talking in uh, the last few weeks, and we're going to have to take a break because of Black History Month and the things we have uh, next week with Israel and then with uh, um, Fred coming in. But we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer. And just real quick to rehab, recap everything, Jesus is walking with the disciples, and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. As I said over and over again, this is a very Jewish thing where they would go to their rabbi and say, Rabbi, when you pray, miracles take place. Teach us how to pray. And so the Lord said, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We praise him. We enter into his courts with praise and thanksgiving. But then he said, Say this, with one as if you have the authority of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done. And, and, and you know, just to emphasize what we saw here, it is never, I, I've heard people say, Lord, uh, heal me if it's your will, will, or do this if it's your will. We need to know what the will of God is, right? We need to know what the will of God is. And the Bible says, beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health. Now, I'm not going to be able to get into all that today, but that word health means it's more than just, yes, God will do a miracle in your healing, but you live in this, in this state of peace and joy and happiness. You live in that. And, and the word of God says, above all things, I want you to enjoy this life. I don't want you waking up and being worried about what the devil's going to do to you today. I want you to walk in this peace, and I want you to walk in this joy. But the thing I want to hit on today is God says, I want you to walk in prosperity. So we're going to talk today about the prosperity of God. So he says, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You bind the devil, you loosen the blessing of God. But listen to what he says, because I will, I will tell you, uh, after almost 50 years of ministry, 99.99999% of Christians do not, not do this next thing. They said, teach us how to pray. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. I praise you, your name is above all names. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Now listen to me. If you did not pray that or something like that yesterday, God had provision for you yesterday that you missed. You didn't get it. Give, give me, give me this day my daily bread. When Israel was coming out of Egypt, they had to go every day to collect the manna, the provision from heaven. Now, we're going to get into this in more detail, but I want to get through this and lay the foundation. Now, you don't have to say it that way. Give me this day my daily bread. But every day, you need to get up and praise him and thank him and put your foot down, bind the devil, loosen it, and say, Lord, bring me, open the doors to me, on my provision, because today God has, now you may not see it today, but God has a releasing of his supernatural provision in all of our lives. Now, we may not see it till tomorrow, or we may not see it next week, but if we don't pray this way, God is very, very 
um, um, uh, how should I say it? S clear and simple, you have not because. So every day, give me this day my daily bread. Now that may mean a month from now, God opens a new job or the boss comes and gives you a raise or you come up with some new idea that brings finances into your life. But what you've got to understand is every day God has certain provision ready to be released in your life. This is why Jesus say, when you pray, say, give me this day my daily bread. Now, the first thing, and I, and I don't have much time this morning, but the first thing we need to understand is, is we need to break the curse of poverty and not enough. We need to break that curse. Now, that curse of poverty and not enough can come in a lot of ways, but the main way it comes on, on Christians' lives is through the church. When I first got saved, we were, we were told that you're either a kingdom builder or you're a world city dweller. And what that meant was that if you desired to live in a nice house, you're not a kingdom builder. If you desire to drive a nice car, you're not a kingdom builder. You're earthly if you want those things. Now, at the same time, the group I was with wanted us to pay 10 to 20 to 30% to them. Found out later they had houses all over the world, but they were, we were taught through religion that to desire money is bad. Look at me. Now, this is not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying this to take an offering. Matter of fact, if you're watching, we don't even take offerings here because it's not up for me to convince you to give. You've got to understand that when you sow a seed, he's the Lord of the harvest, and when you give, he gives back good now. You, you know what, you know, most pastors my age are looking to retire. And can I tell you the number one reason they're looking to retire is it wears you out 20, 30, 40, 50 years of pulling an offering. And so I just made up my mind, I'm not doing that anymore. Now, if you want to get blessed, you got to sow a seed to get a harvest, right? But I'm not teaching this in order to pump you up to get an offering. The problem with the prosperity message is, is that it seemed like the only ones that were prospering were the prosperity preachers. Well, it's time to go from the pulpit into the pews. And a way to do that is, number one, we have to break the curse, the religious curse, the spiritual curse of poverty. If money was bad, and I've said this a thousand times, if money was bad, Satan would have met you in the parking lot, passing money out to you so that you can stumble. It does not say money is bad. The Bible says the love of money and what that means is loving money more than loving God or loving your neighbor or loving your, 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 your friends. Money is not a bad thing. Money is an amplifier. If you're a bad person, money will amplify the bad things you're doing. If you're a godly person, money will amplify the godly things you're doing. So the first thing in order to move into this end time prophecy is to understand money is a good thing. I need a better amen. Now, you know, I was getting ready this morning and I'd already had the message done and Tiz said, did you hear what was just on the news? And I said, no. She said, uh, well, it was the Biden administration just passed uh, a, a bill to give all these illegal immigrants coming in 53, Troy, $53 million on a credit card, and then that credit card can be renewable. Well, why are people who don't belong to our country getting taken care of by your tax money and my tax money when we got people like us that are working hard, and why, why doesn't that money come into your hands? And when Tiz said that, I thought it's never been more true than the end time prophecy that the wealth of the wicked is gonna be put into the hands 
of the righteous. Amen. So let me go through this real quick, and, I, and, and, and I'll get into more detail because I really want to teach on this. Because, you know, Tiz and I never missed a tithe. For, you know, for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, we never missed the tithe. We never gave, didn't give the missions. We never gave, missed the offering besides. But we never saw any prosperity. And the reason we never saw any prosperity is we were taught prosperity is bad. Prosperity will make you fall. Prosperity will make you forget serving God. Now, let me ask you something. If God doubles your income between now and next year, how many will keep serving God? All right, so we're, we, made, we made a covenant, right? So we're not going to stumble through prosperity. We're actually going to be able to do more in prosperity. So let's look at this. Let's look at this real quick to kill the curse of the religious teaching that poverty is somehow synonymous with spirituality. Let's look at disciples. Well, one of the things that we hear all the time is that, and I heard all the time, was Jesus was poor. Jesus never was poor. I look at when Jesus was ministering, and there was a crowd of thousands of people, and the disciples came to Jesus, and they said, Lord, it's noon. They need to be fed. And Jesus said, you feed them. Now, I want you to picture this. Here's thousands and thousands and thousands of people. They come to Jesus and said, Lord, it's noontime. They've been here all morning. They're hungry. They need to eat. And Jesus said, well, go feed them. What was their response? They didn't have a credit card. They didn't have a plastic fantastic. They said, should we go and buy for them? In other words... Just in their pockets, they had enough money to buy lunch for thousands of people. Now, I don't know how much money I came to charge. I don't have it. I don't carry it when I'm up here. But I don't have enough money in my pocket to feed thousands of people for lunch. And yet Jesus' disciples, they had enough in pocket. Oh, come on, somebody help me here. They had enough in their pocket to feed thousands of people for lunch. And if those Jews were anything like Christians I know, and they're hearing it's a free lunch, they're buying double everything. <laughs> Jesus said, you feed them. They, should, they said, should we go and buy? Now, you know, when I, when I first got saved and I, I was taught the poverty mentality, is I heard this scripture and I heard uh, one of our pastors say, well, what they really did is they took this little boy's uh, lunch, loaves and fishes, you know, we're, we're, and we're not talking about truckloads of fish and truckloads, we're talking about a little boy carrying his lunch. And so they said, well, God didn't really multiply this. Everybody was polite and not wanting to embarrass the rabbi so everybody took a little pinch. Well, you can't have five or 10,000 little pinches. I don't care how little it is. Isn't that, isn't that amazing how the devil wants you to be poor? You know why? Because money answers all things. Money answers all things. We need another orphanage, money answers that. We need to do this, money answers that. You need a house, money answers that. You need car, money answers that. You need lights on, money answers that. Now, I know that God could just snap his finger and boom, you'd have a new car. Snap his finger and boom, you have a house. But I haven't seen him do that yet. But I have seen him take the wealth of the wicked and put it in the hands of those who are serving God because it all belongs to him. Amen. Plus, if you look at that poverty religious doctrine, then it was really a miracle because after five or 10,000 people took a little pinch, there were 12 baskets full left over. We still have that multiplication. Amen? I remember the, the, the teaching of the woman who comes and breaks the alabaster box on Jesus' feet. And, and she's anointing his feet, and, and one disciple by the name of Judas comes up and says, oh, why would you allow her to do that? 
This is not a necessity to anoint your feet. This should have been sold and given to the poor. Well, number one, our God owns enough that he can anoint your feet with a new car, with a nice house, with nice clothes, a nice vacation, and have plenty over for the poor because the earth is his and everything that's in the earth is his. The gold and the silver are his, and it's our Father's good pleasure to share with us the kingdom. Right? But read the rest of it. He wasn't concerned about the poor. The Bible says that Judas held the bag and took out of the bag. Now, let me show you two things here. Number one, this poverty doctrine that Judas was preaching that so many in church preach wasn't because they really cared about the poor. It's because he held the bag and he was stealing the bag. The other thing of it is there had to be a lot in the bag that Judas would have thought he could steal it and not be noticed. You know, if you got a bag and it's full of uh, four quarters and somebody steals two quarters, you're going to go, hey. But there must have been enough in the bag that he thought he could, he could steal it and nobody would notice. Well, let me tell you something. Nobody may notice in the flesh, but God sees it in the spirit and revealed it. You know, you don't have to steal from God. Listen, God can give us more than we could ever steal. Because you may own the bag, but God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God owns the hills. God owns the gold and the silver in the hills. We got to understand that we are not God's poverty little children. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Can I have an amen? The Bible says that, and here's the, here's the one I heard the most. Jesus became poor so we could become rich. Now, I heard this preached two different ways. Number one, Jesus was poor. He became poor. Well, we can prove over and over and over and over again, Jesus wasn't poor. What that means is, compared to what Jesus had in heaven, where he walked on streets of transparent gold, where, where they would throw their gold crowns 24-7 before, you could be the richest man in the world, and you would be a poor man or a poor woman compared to what Jesus had in heaven. So when it says he became poor, it doesn't mean that he was broke. He had, our God is a God of more than enough. There's a time that Peter came and said, Lord, I, I, I made a mistake. I opened my big mouth about taxes and, and, and I got to go pay our taxes. And Jesus said, well, go pay them. He said, I don't have anything. He goes, go fishing. Just go fishing. Can you, can you imagine Peter down there? Guy comes up and says, you catching anything? And Peter said, not yet. He said, you fishing for bass? No. Trout? No. What are you fishing for? Gold coins. That guy would have gone. They needed enough money to pay their year's tax, and Jesus said, go down, catch a fish. I got the money in the fish's mouth. Our God can snap his fingers. My Bible says that to God, gold is like dust. You know what that means? That means, ladies, you can move that dust away. And what happens tomorrow? It's right back to where it was. And our God owns it all. Our God owns your job. Our God owns your business. Our God owns this city. Our God owns Texas. Our God owns America. Our God owns all the oil. Our God owns all the silver. Our God owns all the gold. And we got to start putting our foot down and say, give me this day my daily bread. The other part of that message was that Jesus became poor so we could become you can say it, it's the R word. Jesus became poor so you could become How many could handle rich? You know what I heard on that? Well, he doesn't mean financially rich. 
He means spiritually rich. I said, oh, so Jesus became spiritually poor so we could be spiritually rich? You know what they said to me? Go sit over there. Quit talking. <laughs> Quit asking these stupid questions. They did. They said, no, go sit over there. You're too young in the Lord to ask those kind of questions. No, Jesus shows us over and over and over again that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Now, I only have, I only have like eight minutes, but go with me to Genesis chapter two. Let me show you something here. I'm, never, I'm not gonna give you near the end of this message. Go with me to Genesis chapter two. When God created the world, just, I'll just throw this in while you're, while you're turning there. The Bible says God finished all his creation in how many days? Six, six days. Six days. He created all the, all the, all, he created the mountains and the sea and the fish and the cattle. And on the seventh day, the Bible says he rested. But it, it doesn't read right in Hebrew. Let me just give it the abbreviated versions. In Hebrew, in six days, God created everything to bless you. He created everything to bless you. And when it says on the seventh day he rested, that word rest in Hebrew is the word menuha, and it means he created the blessing. So in six days, everything God created on earth, he created to bless you, and on the seventh day, he created the blessing. All right, so everything on earth, you know, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't care. I, I see, uh, I see, um, you know, movie stars or whatever, or singers or whatever, walking around with big gold rings and diamonds and driving, you know, beautiful cars and everything. Why is it okay that they live that way? but it's not okay that you live that way. Our Father created that not for the wicked, and I'm not saying any singer or movie star is wicked, I'm just using an example. God, our Father created all that. He didn't create it for those who aren't serving him, he created that. Now what I'm trying to do is stretch your mind. I'm trying to stretch you out of limited thinking. Everything he created, he created for us who are serving him. Are you okay with that? All right, now look at this. Go with me to Genesis chapter two and look at verse, let's just start with verse nine real quick. And out of the ground, the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of the life was there in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden. You, uh, look, look at me a second. You know what the word Eden means? Does anybody know what the word Eden means in Hebrew? It means abundance, pleasant, um, uh, uh, luxury, voluptuous. So Eden, you know, we picture, we picture uh, Adam and Eve uh, 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 in this garden with, with fig leaves and stuff, but the Garden of Eden was only a part of Eden. The rest of Eden was luxury. You know what that means, ladies? Vacation without a tent. No porta potties. Our God is big enough to send you on vacation where you have room service. Oh, come on, ladies, I'm trying to help you here. Now look at this, look at this. I gotta go, I'm, I'm running, I only have five minutes. Now the river went out of Eden, say luxury. luxury, went out of Eden to water the garden. So it went out of Eden into the Garden of Eden. From there it parted, uh, became four riverheads. The name of the first is Pison. It is the one which, um, I've written in my Bible so much. The, the name of the first is Pison. It is the one which encompasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and it goes on and on and different things and everything, and it, they were good. Now look at me. In all of creation, and I'll just say this quickly, and then I'll get in detail next time we teach this. 
in all of creation, God said, here's the rivers, here's the mountains, here's this, here's that. But this is the only place in all of creation. And Jewish wisdom really emphasized this. He says, now up the river Pison is where the gold is. And what that means is God is saying to his children, when you serve me, I will show you in your life where the gold is because the gold is from me and the gold is not bad. The gold is good. Somebody say amen. Do you receive that? The gold is good. So the first thing we need to understand, and I close with this. I didn't even get near to what I wanted to say. I close with this. You've got to understand that between now and this time next year, somebody in this building is going to be making more money than they've ever made before. Right? Now stand with me. Let me, let me close with this, and I'll get into detail. I'll get into detail next week. Listen to me. In Psalms, now I want you to receive this. In Psalms, God says, he gives us a warning. And he says, are y'all you, you listening? He said, when you build beautiful houses and you live in them. When you build beautiful houses. Now, you know, listen, preachers may exaggerate. Rabbis may exaggerate. Politicians. But God doesn't exaggerate. So he says, when you, you know, I think, how many, how many Hispanic people? How many Hispanic people do we have now? You know, and, and around us, we're seeing houses go up and everything. And from, from Cansey, to, to, from Cansey to Cansey, you hear, they're out there, you know, and the taco trucks are coming by. And build. It, it, I'm going to show you next week or not next time we preach, everything that should have been in the hands of Mexicans. I'm approved to you. Instead of you building beautiful houses for somebody else, I'm going to show you in the Bible. I'm going to prove you in the Bible. If you're African-American, America was built on the back of slaves in America. Well, get ready, because everything your grandmother should have had, your grandfather should have had, your if 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 you're a if you're a you know I say I say in a conference if you're a, I, I pastored we Tiz and I pastored for years and years and years. You know what they paid us? 100, 115 a week, 125 dollars a week. Our kids, our kids' toys were something we get at Goodwill and we'd paint. And when I realized, listen, if you've been a pastor and they've told you, well, to be real holy, you got to be poor. We're gonna break that curse. Everything you should have had, everything your family should have had, whether you're white or black or brown. I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to prove to you. God says, when you're living in beautiful houses and your herds are increasing, your flocks are increasing, your business, your job, you're getting brochures. He said, here's the warning. Don't forget. Now listen to this, and I'm, I'm going to prove this. Don't forget. It's me, God says, who gives you power in your hands to gain wealth. Lift up your hands towards me. Lift up your hands. Say this out loud. Father, I receive that I have in my hands power to gain wealth. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap offering. If you want to, I, I want to do something. I, I'm, already, I'm at the end of my time. But I want to do this. I want to break the curse of not enough, the curse of failure, the curse of barely getting by. I want to break that curse off of everyone who wants it. If you want to have that curse broken so you can move into the blessing financially that God has ordained for you, I want you to get out of your seat and come and meet me here right now. Say, Pastor, I'm tired of just getting by. I'm tired of just having my being in debt. I'm tired of having my bills barely met. I want you to come. Come all the way down to the front here. I want you to come down. Who was I going to call out? Huh? 
Come on down, come on down, come on down. Now see, you've got to understand, you've got to believe. Now, now look at me as you're coming down. Come, squeeze in here, squeeze in here, squeeze in here, squeeze in here. I'm going to prove to you next time we teach on prosperity that you are anointed by God to gain wealth. You are anointed by God. You know, God said, I don't want to ruin it. God said, I will run you down. You're not, I can feel it. It's not, it's not there yet. God, scoot in, scoot in. God said, I will run you down. I'm going to, I'm going to, you go, oh no, run tears. Here comes more blessing and you won't be able to outrun it. Now, this is not only something that has been true for 2000 years. Folks, we're living in the end of the end times. We're living in the end of the end times. And the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. But I'm also going to prove to you, not only are you anointed by God to gain wealth, but everything that's ever been stolen from you or your family, what should have been there, I'm going to show you scripture that'll blow your mind. And God says, don't worry about it because it's not lost, where is it? It's not lost, it's, it's in the vault. That's exactly what the scripture says. So everything that should have been yours or should have been your family's or should have been your grandmother, your grandfather, your mom or your dad, everything that should have been there, God says it's not lost. It's stored up in the vault. That's what the scripture says. And in the last days, he's gonna open up that vault and pour us out such a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive it. Now, I'm gonna tell you this, and, and, it's, and, and, and a lot of you aren't gonna be able to receive it. God wants you so blessed that the world will look at you and say, how did this change in your life? How did this change in your life? Now, the third thing, and this, this was going to be my main point today, and I didn't, but let me, let me bait you with it. Beloved, I would above all things, I would above all things, that you prosper and you be in health as what? Your soul. How do we cause our soul to prosper? How do we cause our soul to prosper? In in ancient Jewish wisdom, there are five levels of your soul, and I won't get into that right now. But let me, let me bait you with this, and I'll explain it more next time we teach. Each one of us is born with basically two souls from God, two souls. The one soul is a survival soul. This means I'm going to do whatever I have to do to survive. You know, you, 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 you see fire, you run or you're hungry and you grab food. That's the animal soul. And that's in us for a reason. We're not to be bowled over by a bully. We're to stand up and fight. But the other soul is, is the spark of God's soul. It's the godly soul. And this is a soul that's not there to survive. This is a soul that's there to change the world. In other words, I don't have to get all I can, can all I get and sit on the, on the lid. As God leads me, I'm gonna feed the widows and the orphans and take care. And the more that godly soul of caring for your neighbor grows, the more that animal soul shrinks. And this is what he's talking about. And I'll get into detail. Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and you be in health as your soul. Let, let me give you an example of, of just something that I'm so proud of our staff in. You know, one of the things that we do every year is for Israel, for Maganda Vida Dome, and I think I've told you the story for Maganda Vida Dome, is we buy one of those $165,000 ICU units. It saves 10,000 lives. So we're in the back, we're getting ready to come out to film television, and this month we want to raise to buy one or two of those, and we I think you've bought 12 so far, and I think now two for the military. And I'm coming out, and, and the team says, well, Pastor, somebody sent in 165000 for an ambulance. We've already got it. Okay, this was a couple years ago. We've already got it. And so the animal soul would go, 
Well, I can get out there and say we got to raise 165000 and that's just going to mean it's already been paid for. This will just bless us. That's the animal soul. Get it? Instead, I said, well, we're going to go out, and this year we'll give two. Because I can't go out there and say we need this when we already have it. Amen. The human nature says, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the lid. But the godly soul says, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, press air. The, the animal soul says, I'm mad at that person because they did this to me. The godly soul says, we battle not with flesh and blood. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. You see what I'm saying? I'm from the inner city. I'm from the hood. I'm from the streets. That animal soul was the dominating soul in my life. But when I started serving God, and then when I really got into Judaism, I learned how I'm supposed to live. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep. Look for a place to be a blessing. Look for a place to be that light. And that animal soul will shrink, and that God's soul will grow. And beloved, I'm going to match the growth of your heart with prosperity and joy and peace and abundance and health because our best is yet to come. Do you receive that? Who's, who did I tell you I was going to call out? Mitch. Where's Mitch? Where's Mitch? Mitch, where is you? Is, is Mama with you? Come up here, you guys. Come up here. Lydia, that little girl that was standing next to you last week, sitting next to you last week, uh, beautiful little right, right here. Come up here with her. Come up here with her. No, just stay just stay right here. That's okay. Let me let me come down to you guys. Um, you have you guys and 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 it's not just you, Mitch, it's you both together. And this is the strangest thing. When when I call somebody out, I see things. And, and I don't always understand what I see, but I, a lot of times as I share it, it grows. But I saw you guys with the finances, whatever you do for a living, with the finances you do for a living. And here's what I saw. And it's a strange thing. And I saw God peeking at it. I saw God looking at it. And 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 I in my prayer, I said, God, what are you showing me? And he turned to me and he said, they have been faithful with little. Tell them I'm about to cause you to be faithful in much. And so you need, and now that sounds like a simple thing. And I'm not sure, what, uh, I, I think I know what you, you do for a living. I'm not sure what you do for a living. But God says, look for this increase to come in unusual ways. And it's not, a, it's not gonna be a one-time increase. It's gonna be a lifestyle increase that God is bringing financially into your lives. Amen. Lift your hands this way. Lift your hands this way. And remember, if we give somebody a word, you receive that too. How many can use a financial change of life? Father, in the name of Jesus, I release this right now. There it is right there. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Come here, Lydia. Come up here. Um, I, I looked over at you, uh, when I was leaving the stage, you were sit sitting next to Lydia, and God said, one of the things that I pray more than anything else is, God, make me sensitive to your voice because he'll lead you and he'll guide you. And, and everyone has that. Everyone has a touch of the Holy Spirit. But in these last days, God wants to increase that touch. You know, uh, as your soul does prosper, and I want to get into that, but th the soul is in Hebrew called the breath of God. And the more we hear from God, the, the, the less mistakes we make, the wrong paths we go down. God spoke to me and said that he's given you a gift. He's going to create this gift. You need to sit under her, be mentored under the, the lady leaders in this, and you're going to become so sensitive to the voice of God, and you're going to think, why am I seeing this? Why am I feeling this? And you bounce this, and you're going to learn to distinguish the voice of God. It's going to become very, very clear to you. It's beyond just what he does for most people, it's going to develop. It's going to develop through mentorship. It's going to develop into a gift of being sensitive to the voice of God. Any other ladies feel like you want that? L listen to me. L ladies have a sensitivity to God that men do not have. 
that men do not have. And so ladies, I want you all to lift your hands this way and I want all of our ladies to receive this. You know, Pastor Troy, Pastor Troy sent me something yesterday or, or, or when it was, I turned my phone off on the Sabbath and it's a preacher putting this whole thing out. You can always tell a false church if they use women in the church. Well, ladies, ladies, get ready because there are gonna be prophetesses, there's gonna be miracles. I want every lady to lift your hand up and receive this. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I re there it is right there. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering in Jesus' name. Real quick, I don't wanna hold you long. This lady right here, this lady right here in the brown, come up here, come up here, let me, yeah, right here in the brown sweater. I want some of my prayer warriors ladies come around her. There's a, there is a, there has been for years a curse that's attacked the women in your family. It's a curse that tries to hold you down. It's a curse that tries to oppress you. It's a curse that's come from men. It's a curse that's come from generational curses. On your life today, God is gonna remove that curse. It's gonna, it's gonna a domino into me other members of your family. You're gonna start walking in a joy. When you start walking in this joy, you're gonna be able to, instead of seeing everything Satan is doing, that will be blinded, and you're gonna start seeing everything that God is gonna do. Instead of going down this way and the devil beating you up, you won't go down those paths. You're gonna go down the path that God has for you, and God is gonna, the, the first First thing is God is going to change your joy, the spirit of joy, and then from there he's going to change the spirit of your future, your family in the future, and he's going to change your finances. Lift your hand up right now. Ladies, put your hands on them. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I break every curse. I remove it right now, and I release, I break every generational curse, every family curse, and I release family blessings that start from this moment on in Jesus name and all God's people said amen give the Lord a clap offering red come here come here red is that natural God is gonna make you an example people are gonna look at you and see everywhere you go whatever you're doing God is gonna see the favor of God and the favor of man Doors are gonna open up. Everything you put your hands to, it's just gonna be blessing after blessing because God is gonna shout to people all around you, your age, younger, older. He's gonna shout about, when you serve me, watch what I do for you. God is gonna use your life as an example of the goodness of God. Lift your hands this way, gang. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the blessing of God I release the favor of God and man in every area in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Are you two together? Are you two together? Married? Just together. Okay. I want to pray for you first. Come here. There has been, there has been, God has been stirring you about your walk with God. And I'm going to tell you something. God is saying, trust me, just walk the way I want you to walk. And when you begin that, there has been people in your family that, that should have had tremendous breakthroughs in their lives, but the enemy has stolen that. God is one saying to you, and I, I don't know anything about you, I haven't talked to you, but God is saying, choose my path. Choose my path in every way. Don't question it, don't doubt it. Choose my path and watch what I begin to do. What should have been in your family is gonna start coming into you, your life right now, multiplied over and over and over again. Things that you, you have struggled with to find, well, maybe this will make me happy and that'll make me happy. And, and it's come up empty. You're about to walk in happiness that only comes from God. Does that make sense to you? Come here, lift your hands this way, gang. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the favor of God, the blessing of it. I release the strength of God and the will of God in my brother's life right now. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. This young lady right here in the brown, you, I, see you as, I see you as being um, somewhat of a shy person, 
But God said, I, when I looked over you, I saw your heart. It was like this, and, and it, was, it was pulsating. And God said, that pulsating of her heart is my hand on her heart. God is going to begin to raise you up in leadership. You, you, you will not be able to believe how much you will become an influencer. I see something in the area of education. You're be going to become an influencer of people's lives for the kingdom of God beyond anything you can ever imagine. There are going to be young ladies that are walking down and, and are, are moments away from making a bad decision, and God will bring them towards you, and they'll be drawn to you. They'll, it'll be like a light, and you'll be able to speak to them the things of God and will immediately change the destiny of their lives. You are going to become a great influencer in the world for the things of God. Do you receive that? Lift your hands this way, church. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your power. I release your divine wisdom and a sensitivity to the things of God. Raise her up, Father, because you will. she will give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Somebody give the Lord a, a clap offering of praise. I, I, I'm, I'm, I was walking over to San Diego, but I'm, I need to pray for you guys. I, what I see, I, you know, I see on on you guys. I see uh, how long have we known each other? Gosh, a long, long time. Okay, and and I I've always seen this, but as I was walking up, I see the end of this road, an incredible destiny. But I saw getting to that destiny potholes. I saw the enemy trying to dig up, and it's not that he can stop you from getting there. He's just really trying to slow you down. Now, I know this sounds crazy, and when I looked at you and I saw that, I, I, that's how I do it. I see things. I saw God like, like one of those big um, uh, asphalt pavers, you know, with the big rollers. I saw God going before you, and he's taking this spiritual paver and saying, um, uh, the, the, uh, the potholes are leaving. The journey is about to speed up and get to that destiny. Lift your hands up before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind every force of darkness. Father, I rebuke Satan and I speak under their journey that it will be easy, it will be swift, it will be blessed, it will be, oh, there it is, full of joy. It will be abundant in every area in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. Give the Lord a clap offering, would you? I could keep going, but I know we uh, we got to go and we got to watch we got to watch the Cowboys win the play. Oh. <laughs> Do you believe that God wants you to prosper? Now, we next Sunday we have the um, Israel Day. Come out, support that. Then we have uh, uh, Fred coming in Black History Month. Come out and support that. Then the Sunday after that, I'll be teaching the next level. But listen to me, everything the devil has tried to steal, and we're talking about finances, but has the devil tried to steal your joy? Has the devil tried to steal your peace? Has the devil tried to steal your home? Has the devil tried to steal your children? This, I, I don't pull sermons out of a drawer. This is timing, it's God's message. Everything the devil has stolen, when you discover who the thief is, and it's not that person, that person, it's the devil. Now you know who the thief is, and now he has to pay everything he's stolen multiplied by seven. This is end time, amen? Lift your hands up all over the building. Say this with me and pray with me around the world. Say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned, but I know this. You love me so much, you sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Stop right now, hold on one second. This couple right here, lady, you've got kind of a brown coat on right there, and this gentleman next to you, are you husband and wife? Okay, I don't know you, but I'm gonna tell you something. God has stirred something in you recently, even this morning, and your spiritual walk with him is about to go, I, I, 
forgive me, I know what I see is crazy, but I saw you walking, you're firm, you guys are firm with the Lord, and I just saw you get to this spot today, and God went boing, and you went up to a whole nother level. Get ready for a whole nother level of spiritual outpouring. Where was I? Say this out loud, say it with authority, Satan, get out of my life, get out of my mind, get out of my spirit, get out of my body, get out of my home, my family, my finances. I declare every curse is broken, every blessing. Stop right there. Sweetheart, the enemy has, and, and I don't know in what area, I feel, like, I feel like I do, I feel like it's a physical area, a, a, a worldly area and a spiritual area. The devil has tried everything he can to steal your joy. And today God says, that's cut off, that's cut off. Does that make sense to you? And that's coming back, that's coming back, and not only coming back, but when the Bible says everything, he said, I'll restore the years that the and the he can't give those years back you understand god can't give years back but look at all the years that he stole your joy all those years he stole your happiness all the years he stole peace all the years he stole whatever he stole all that should have been in those years one year two years five years ten years he takes all that joy and brings it to now this is your, this is all of your now moment for a breakthrough and we're never going back again. Amen. Every curse is broken and every blessing is received. Not someday, but today in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. May I say a blessing over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I know that so many times that our concern is going to heaven and we're on that road. But Father, remind us today, remind us tomorrow, remind us every moment until the Messiah returns. That as Israel left Egypt, they left with 400 years back wages. They left with all the silver and all the gold because silver and gold are always directly linked to divine outpouring of signs and wonders and miracles. And Father, I cover, I, I know we've been doing this for a long time and maybe a lot of people are new to it. So I cover them, we're, this ministry, Tiz and I cover them with divine protection and divine blessing. And Father, we cannot wait to hear the testimonies for in these testimonies, we will be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, who is our Messiah, and all those who believe your best is yet to come, give the Lord a clap offering one more time.